Welcome to the Basketball Show Network. I'm your host, Paul Sir, and I'm pleased to be bringing you a 3x3 edition today on the show. Everybody got to see 3x3 for the first time on the Olympic stage this year. Two great finals, the women's between the Americans and the Russians, with the Americans taking the gold medal, and then the Russians exerting their growing influence in the world of 3x3, getting to the gold medal game against the Latvian team, Team Riga. And that was a dynamic, exciting, down-to-the-wire victory for Latvia, a small nation, uh, and it was a a time of pride, certainly for that country and that team who have worked extremely hard on the world tour over the last few years uh, in order to bring the gold medal back. Well, basketball, 3x3 basketball, in fact, is coming back to Canadian soil. On September 3rd to the 5th, the women's series will be September 3rd and 4th. The men's master's event will be September 4th and 5th in Montreal. In 2019, Montreal hosted an outstanding 3x3 event, but because of COVID, we were not able to put this together this past year. But with a lot of hard work led by Joanne Charbonneau and the dedicated staff that she works with, we are having a fantastic 3x3 event happening in Montreal. Now, Team Edmonton, who represented Canada as Team Canada in the Olympic qualifying tournament, will be competing, but it's a retooled, new-look team. Joining Team Edmonton will be Steve Sir, a familiar face, but Alex Johnson, who competed with Team Canada in the Olympic qualifying tournament, will be back as well, and he recently was playing for Hamilton in the CEBL. And speaking of the CEBL, Adika Peter McNeely, the sixth man of the year with the Edmonton Stingers, the champion Edmonton Stingers, will also be in his first 3x3 competition. And the lone Canadian Olympian who played for the Netherlands, Ross Beckering, will also be joining the team as well. So they're going to be putting a new look, but a very dynamic, very talented team on the court in a real talented men's field. On the women's side, I had the chance to talk with Michelle and Catherine Plouffe, and everyone, as we know, uh, who is familiar with women's five-on-five basketball knows who Michelle and Catherine from their, from their many years on the national team, but also they've been the leaders of 3x3 for the women for Canada. They will be competing this weekend, but they join me along with Paige Ozcan, who will be competing for Team Canada on the women's side. And on the men's side, by the way, Ross was not able to join us, but I am joined by Adika, Alex, and Steve. So I hope you'll enjoy these conversations, and bear in mind, you can watch all of the action on the FIBA 3X3 YouTube channel coming up this weekend, uh, with the women playing the third and the fourth, and the men the fourth and the fifth. I think you'll enjoy these interviews, so here are my conversations with the men's and women's representatives going to Montreal this weekend for the 3x3 FIBA events. Welcome to the Basketball Show podcast edition. We are focusing on the upcoming Montreal Masters and Women's Series event for 3x3. We're going to be talking to members of Team Edmonton. And for those who follow 3x3, you know Team Edmonton became Team Canada and represented our country in the Olympic qualifying tournament, beat one of the Olympic squads, uh, the Netherlands, in the, uh, pre, uh, the, the first rounds, 
and fell a little bit short, and I mean by the slightest of margins for continuing on in the OQT, didn't quite make it, but have led Canada forward uh, with 3x3 with their leadership over the years. And one of the new members of a retooled Team Edmonton will be the sixth man of the year in the CEBL, coming off the CEBL Edmonton Stingers League Championship this past weekend in Edmonton. Adika Peter McNeely joins me this morning. Adika, it's great to have you on. Thank you for having me. And then, then we have Steve Sir, and Steve has been the top-ranked uh, Canadian 3x3 players uh, for a number of years, and Steve joins us this morning as well. Steve, great to have you here. Thanks for having me. And just coming on, and he'll be connecting in just a moment, is Alex Johnson. Alex played with Team Canada in the OQT, and Alex joins us this morning as well. Alex, it's good to have you here. Uh, good to be here. Just got in from uh, actually working out with Adika. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's Well, that's, that's what teammates should do. So along with Ross Beckering, who was the lone Canadian who played in the Olympics for the for the Netherlands this year because Ross has a Dutch passport. He played professionally over there for years and he was part of the, the Netherlands team that made it to the Olympics. Ross will also be joining Team Edmonton in Montreal. So I'm gonna get started with this. I'm gonna start with you, Adika. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your sixth man, uh, deserved sixth man of the year uh, award that you received from the CEBL. And congratulations as well for a thoroughly convincing championship win over the Niagara River Lions this past Sunday. Appreciate it. You know, it was, uh, it was a great feeling to, to win. You know, anytime you get acknowledged for an individual war, it's a blessing. But our goal was to win and we won in a convincing fashion. Yeah, I guess 36 points is pretty convincing. So, yeah, that's a good understatement, my friend. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, Adika, you're trans, you practiced with Team Canada in 3x3. Uh, you accompanied the team to Spain for training and then the team to tournaments in uh, the tournament in Croatia and then to the OQT. And now you're going to be jumping into the fray uh, in a Masters, which is the top of the food chain in 3x3. Tell, me, tell us about what your thoughts are about joining the 3x3 world. Uh, I'm just blessed, you know, just get opportunity to play, you know, Coming in for Team Edmonton and Team Canada, I was just happy to be around the guys and just understand a new game of 3x3 and now being able to be a part of it and actually play. I'm just excited to get going. You, you, you mentioned the new game of 3x3. It really is a different game, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, my whole life I've been playing 5-on-5 five five and then just kind of getting adjusted to 3x3 and all the new rules and even being in the CBL season and playing on the Harbor Court and then less than a week later having to go and playing outside is a little bit of adjustment, but I'm ready for it. So Alex, you and Adika just were working out. That's awesome. Uh, how have you been preparing for the Masters? Uh, you know, your, your, your CEBL team, Hamilton, uh, got upset by Ottawa. And mm -hmm. then uh, you, you've had some time now. How have you been preparing for Montreal? Uh, trying to go really to just push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, first couple, the first week or so, I was just 
training by myself, training outside. Um, I sent Steve a drill where it was, I'm playing a 10 minute game. And um, basically every shot that I miss is a point for the other team. And then I have to guard them for the 12 second shot clock. So I was just doing that. And then um, since Adik has been back, we've been going uh, uh, ones to 21. So we'll, we'll, we'll play three minute, a three minute segment and then a, a TV timeout and then another three minute segment, another timeout, and then we'll finish it uh, to 21. So just trying to get myself into shape because I know all the other teams are playing right now. Some of the teams that are, are in, our, in the pool for the Montreal World Tour, they're playing right now. And that's the disadvantage that we, that we have. Unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to play. So just trying to be in shape when, so when I get out there. Well, and, and Alex, you make, you make an interesting point because one of the uh, challenges that we've had in Canada is because of the health restrictions, we haven't really been able to get going like they have, uh, particularly in Europe uh, and around the globe. And, and we also deal with the disadvantage of geography up here yeah. of everybody being so far apart. However, having said that, good basketball players can play good basketball. This team is going to be very interesting because you haven't played together as a team, uh, adding Ross into it. But what do you think your strengths are going forward, Alex? I think um, just with the way Steve shoots the ball, he stretches the floor. Uh, Ross being an athletic big who can um, pretty much shoot it, also uh, get to the rim. And then Adika adds another ball handler. I think that's kind of what we were missing in uh, the Olympic qualifiers is just another ball handler, someone who could put, put pressure um, throughout the whole entire game. Exciting combination of players. And Steve, uh, you as the captain of the team are, you know, the one who ultimately reached out and made the decision to have this new look team uh, compete in Montreal. What were the, what, what, you know, Kyle Landry's retired, uh, Jordan Jensen White, of course, has been with the team for quite a while. But I think, you know, it, it, there comes a time when sometimes you have to shake things up. Tell, tell us about the thought process that you had uh, putting this team together. Well, it seemed like an ideal time to, to try something new. Um, the, the benefit we had was uh, Adika was, was a part of Team Canada going to the Olympic qualifier and uh, really would not have been the same experience without him. Um, and I think the, we, had, we had chances to play together, Alex, uh, Adika and myself. Um, Alex hit it right on the head. I mean, both of them being uh, players that can really put the pressure on the defense. Uh, Alex didn't talk about himself much. Uh, so, I, so I'll do it. If the, his ability to hit shots, Adika's ability to hit shots, uh, really create problems for the defense off the bounce. It, it creates a, an interesting look with the team, um, adding Ross, who's got a lot of skin in the game, obviously with Holland and a lot of good training and having competed against all the top teams in Europe. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting look team. Uh, you know, guys can play fast, guys can play smart and, and guys can play aggressive, which is ultimately what leads to, to success in three on three. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there with the guys and, and having a chance to play against some of these teams. And uh, we also have a little bit of, little bit of mystery to us because we haven't had this group on the world tour yet, but 
I think uh, I think we're going to do really well. I, I have a good feeling about the group, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to play in Canada with a team like that. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I am joined by three of the four members of Team Edmonton that will be competing in the Montreal Masters FIBA 3x3 event in Montreal uh, next weekend, September uh, September 4th and 5th, rather. And you can watch the games on the FIBA YouTube channel, FIBA 3x3 YouTube channel. Adika, let's talk about 3x3. Some some people have have said it's like it's like combining hockey and basketball together because of the nonstop pace. You know, uh, sometimes and and I, I really welcome your reflections on this. Sometimes people say it's only a 10 minute game. How hard can that be? Talk about what it's like to play in those 10 minutes against a good against good competition. Oh, uh, it was. The first time I did, I was shocked. You know, I didn't know that 10 minutes could last that long. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot different from five on five where you get to stop and the ball goes out of bounds and the timeouts and free throws. And there's a lot of times throughout the game where it's dead. But in 3x3, it's a lot of fast pace. So it's like kind of adjusting your mind to like, you have to keep going. Like your offensive defensive transition has to be on point and your mental, um, fortitude has to be there all the time so I mean I, I I love it I'm I'm always up for competition I love the aggression I love the the physicality and the fast pace of the game and, and I just want to go all out well I, I and I think boy you you encapsulated it so so well there and I think the if I had to if I had to point Alex to one component of 3x3 that you that you have to be cognizant of and aware of at all time. It's your level of compete and your continual moving forward and being in the moment because you do not have time to reflect on the play, good or bad, that just took place. What are your thoughts? I agree. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. Alex, what are your thoughts about that as well? Um. Just, just going back and thinking about some of the games that we've played in the Olympic qualifiers, um, uh, the rec- most recent one I, I watched back was us versus Latvia. And there was a point where we were down 7-1, but being able to just stay locked in and stay focused, we, we brought the game back and it was like 11-9. So the game changes rapidly so fast in different parts of the game. It's just not getting worked up thinking, oh, dang, we're, we're down 7-1, it's over. Nah, there's always a fighting chance. Um, I know me and Steve were talking about some of the games over this over this past weekend, um, and, you know, San Juan really showed out. You know, there was a couple times where we thought that they would have been out, and they made a push, and, you know, they ended up winning the whole, the whole thing. Well, and I think that, and that, Steve, is an interesting point that Alex just made. San Juan winning in Lausanne, uh, beating Riga, the uh, you know the gold medal gold medalists uh, from the Olympics. But you you are never out of it unless you take yourself out of it mentally and you stop competing. You know, you've been in this a long time, Steve. Is that an accurate summary of what the three the essence of three x three is all about? Very much so. Um, you know, it really does cut right to the core of the of focusing on next play, next shot, uh, next possession, and, and how important that is. Because as Alex mentioned, 
you can be down in two shots and two two defensive stops. You can be right back in it or you can be up. Um, the best teams always seem to have that on display. When they get down, you never really see a level of panic. Uh, you never really see a, a huge amount of frustration because it can really change on a dime. Um, and then I think that gets into, you know, what Adika and Alex have been saying uh, throughout our conversation is, uh, being willing to compete, uh, being willing to focus on what's next, uh, and then having to adjust quickly. The idea of you know learning on the fly as opposed to being able to have a, a halftime where you go over and you debrief on all the things that uh, are going right and, and a couple of things that might be going wrong. You got to do that really quick in a 20 second timeout or, or while the game's going on. And I think you know for the group that we have, uh, going out to Montreal, uh, everyone individually is capable of doing that. And um, I think we'll do a really good job of that together. So it's uh, it's a fun part of the sport. Can you can you figure it out fast and then can you make your body go do it? Uh, it, it adds to the excitement and it, it should be uh, should be a lot of fun to roll it out next week in Montreal. So, Adika, I'm going to ask you this a kind of a futuristic uh, question. How do you see potentially Adika Peter McNeeling approaching three X three? That's a good question. I mean, I'm just going to put my best foot forward. And I always pride myself that every time I go on the court, I give it my all, no matter what. If I make shots, I miss shots. When I lose, I'm just going to make a mark. And how I attack, I've been playing on five on five. I'm going to attack the same way with 3x3. And it's just every single time I go on that court, I'm just going to give it my all. I'll play hard and do all the things to make sure we try and win the game. And by the way, I was uh, on an interview uh, earlier today regarding the CEBL, and uh, and uh, this is no slight to Alex or Steve, but I said if if the CEBL were going to give out the world's nicest person, it would be Adika Peter McNeely, and they wouldn't even have a second choice in there, as nice <laughs> as you are, Alex. But uh, you know, everybody that I talk to who has met Adika Peter McNeely just say, "Oh, what a nice guy." So I said, well, you know, I know him better. So, uh, you know, let me fill you in. But no, I'm joking, of course. But, but uh, no, I just, I'm really excited that you're part of this unit. Uh, you know, Alex, you've played 3x3 before. You and I first met in Montreal, actually in Edmonton, but in Montreal, first time we had a conversation. And I gave you a little bit of insight into who Alex Johnson needed to become as it related to 3x3. And here you are. What are your thoughts about 3x3 moving forward? Um, just from, uh, watching the Olympics and then, uh, the world tour starting to pick up, you could tell that the game is really picking up momentum and speed. You know, it's, uh, I, I'm excited to see where it goes in a couple of years and where it will be for the next Olympics. Um, I think people are starting to be intrigued. People are starting to ask questions. Um, I, I was online. I see, um, Ontario's starting to do camps now for 3x3 which is good we need that I feel like if one thing we're behind the eight ball right now um some of the European teams have a tournament every every weekend so if we could get to that level where it's like we're playing often more often than not I think you know come the next Olympics uh you know we're shooing that's a, that's a great and, and and I think you've hit on a key element and hopefully Alex, you'll be pleasantly surprised with some of the plans that are uh, being put into motion now for 2022. So Steve, you're the grizzled old veteran of 3X, not just 3X3, but basketball. 
in general, uh, you've been part of the evolution of the game and you, now this would be your, I think your fourth year of competition. Uh, how, what are the changes you're seeing and what does, what has to happen in Canada to accomplish the vision that Alex just laid out? I think you can see, even though it's one tournament, you can see a shift. It's small, but you know, there's those little, those little shifts that lead to gigantic movements uh, over time with a team like San Juan winning a masters, it shows that it's not always going to be the veteran teams that just show up. And at, at some point they outthink you, they they've, they've repped it so many times that they just wear you down. You, like, looking at San Juan's road to win it, they should have lost on the first day. They didn't. And then the next day they beat Riga, they beat Liman and they beat Oob, which are the three for my money. They're the three top teams in the world. And this was a group that just showed up and played and showed up and competed. I'm not saying that's what it's going to be like going forward, but it's showing that better players are coming into the game almost every week. Uh, three on three is attracting better athletes. They're attracting more attention from federations. And there's clearly more of a movement towards we got to mobilize people and we got to take advantage of this because even though three on three has been around for a while, it's still early. You just had your first Olympics. And I think everyone like Alex said had a chance to really see this on a world scale. So now you're going to see, I think, a flood into the market of players and coaches and people looking to do camps and make teams and and, you know, profit off the sport. And, uh, and that's, I think, what everyone was expecting. But now that it's going to be put into motion, it's going to be another thing to actually watch. Um, for Canada, I think, you know, the opportunity to play, like Alex had mentioned, uh, if you're playing every weekend, then you're, then you're getting a really good familiarity with the sport. And you're getting a chance to really get into the, the crux of how you can be successful in it. Uh, for Canada, I think, to really take that step forward, um, more players trying it giving it a shot, uh, seeing that it's an enjoyable thing and that there are connections to help uh, improve in five on five. And then as a deacon mentioned too, of, of just wanting to compete, like this is another great outlet for people to compete. It's a great outlet for, for guys to be able to get out there and play against other countries and, and have a chance to, to see what uh, is, is happening in a new landscape of basketball. Um, the opportunity to travel a little bit and go see some new places. And then if there's a chance to represent your country, I, I don't know a lot of basketball players that, that wouldn't be interested in that. So it's an exciting time going forward. And hopefully uh, if there's more opportunities for players to play, then the game will continue to grow. And, uh, and Canada will hopefully be right at the top of, of the countries in the world competing for Olympic medals in, in three on three. Well said. Uh, guys, uh, I, I think what, what I love hearing is all of you say the same thing. It's level of compete. You're all ready to go to Montreal and just get after it. And you know, we, we certainly know Ross will be in that position as well. So I encourage everyone, go on the FIBA 3x3 YouTube channel, watch the games in Montreal. Also, Team Canada will be there on the women's side in the women's series. They'll be playing on the third and the fourth, the men on the fourth and the fifth. Times will be published both on the World Tour website for Montreal, but also on the FIBA 3x3 World Tour website as well. Adika, Alex, Steve, thanks so much for joining me on the basketball show. Best of luck, safe travels. And uh, I'm really excited. I know personally, and I know a lot of people are really excited to see this team get on the court together. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for Thank having you. us.
Great to talk with you guys. Again, Alex Johnson, Adika, Peter McNeely, and Steve Sir joining me on the Basketball Show 3x3 edition, talking about the upcoming Montreal Masters next weekend, of course, in Montreal. Thank you so much for listening today. Welcome to the Basketball Show 3x3 podcast edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir, and I am pleased to be joined by three women who have really been the leaders in 3x3 basketball development, uh, four females. Uh, they have struck out in, in a country in Canada where we have tried very, very hard over the years to be relevant in 3x3. And due to the efforts of these women, our national team, our national profile has grown globally to a point that goes far beyond how many people unfortunately are participating, but with their leadership, hopefully that's gonna be changing in the future. So I am joined by Michelle and Catherine Plouffe. Hi, Michelle and Catherine. Hi, Paul, how are you doing? Doing well, great to have you both here. Thanks for having us. And Paige Crozen. Paige, it's great to have you with us as well. Thanks for having me, Paul. Okay. Tell me, first of all, what was it like to witness 3x3 basketball as an Olympic sport? Now, there, this is a bit of a layered question because of the disappointment, uh, and we'll touch on that a bit, of your, not, your team not qualifying for the Olympic qualifying tournament due to the rules that FIBA had in place. But let's just talk about FIBA, or talk about 3x3 rather, in the Olympics. What were your impressions in watching it? And how did people that you know react to 3x3 being an Olympic sport? I'll, I'll start with you, Catherine. Yeah, personally for me, I, it was very exciting and hopeful to see 3x3 in the Olympics. Um, even though we weren't there, I think it was great to showcase the sport. Um, and just even watching it, it's grown in, its, um, in the level um, since we played in 2019 prior to our tournaments this year. So it was just cool to see um, the sport being played at a high level. Um, obviously, there were some games that were more competitive than others and close in terms of, um, yeah, grabbing your emotions and stuff. And it was unfortunate to not have the fans there because a huge aspect of 3x3 is the atmosphere. And so I miss seeing that um, at the Olympics, but nonetheless, it was great to see you know, people we knew personally and people we played against um, compete at, uh, in the games. So really cool. Michelle, uh, Catherine touched on the fans. Uh, it's unfortunate for 3x3 that the full atmosphere wasn't able to be showcased because as, again, as Catherine pointed out, that is a big part of the appeal of 3x3. What's it been like this year for you, uh, Michelle, playing in the tournaments you've played in? Well, first of all, how many tournaments have you, uh, has your team played in this year? Yeah, so we played in uh, Voiron, France. Um, that was right after our five-on-five -five season. Um, and then we played in Constanza, Romania. Um, so those are the two we played in. We had two different uh, teams with us just based on who was available. Um, so in France, they were, there was no fans. Well, it was a bigger tournament. They had two tournaments going on simultaneously. So there was more people in the stands um, than no one, <laughs> but there was no, <laughs> like the general public wasn't allowed in, unfortunately. Um, 
and then in Romania, it was they were they were open and there was fans, and we were able to play against the home team. So that was that was a fun game, uh, just because of the public. It makes a huge difference in the game and in the atmosphere. And because uh, after you play, you hang around the venue, you get to be a part of um, both the crowd and you get to play in it. So it's really fun. Um, so yeah, that was a great tournament. This is the Basketball Show podcast edition. We're talking about 3x3 with three members of the Canadian women's national team, Catherine and Michelle Plouffe and Paige Crozen. Paige, I'm going to jump to you right now. What were your feelings uh, as you watched the Olympics uh, unfold as well? What do you think? Let, let me be more specific. What do you think, Paige, this does for the future of the sport? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. And my first experience was with three on three was actually in uh, 2011. I played in the Youth World Championship. So to see the growth from 2011, we went into that. I think I was 16 years old at the time. We didn't even really know the rules before the tournament started because it was the first three X3 event. And so to see it in the Olympics and to see the growth in between was really incredible to see. And while the Olympics were going on, I had numerous countless people messaging me about, oh, three-on-three three is on TV and talking about the pace, the physicality of the game. People that aren't even avid basketball watchers can tune in, watch three-on-three three and, and just enjoy the competitiveness um, because it's all offense and it moves so quickly. So I think to watch three-on-three three in the Olympics was, was incredible. And I think the game will just continue to grow from there just based off the feedback that I received and read online. Thank you for that, Paige. And, and Catherine, I'm going to go back to a comment that you made in your, your opening remarks. And the comment was to the effect that you noticed what I would interpret as a, an upward movement in the quality of the game. And I'm assuming that's the quality of the player, the quality of play. Have you experienced that firsthand in the two tournaments that you've played in this year? Yeah, um, it, when in our last tournament, actually, well, for sure, the both both tournaments, but most recently coming back from Romania, um, there was were two teams, for example, that were in the finals that have really improved since we last played them. Um, Germany being the team that won the won the event, and we didn't get a chance to play them, um, but I think them being in the finals and just their quality of play that I saw personally, it's been growing in Germany. And um, I know that they have had the 3x3 tournaments and leagues and stuff throughout this past year. And I think that has helped um, the quality of their play grow. Um, just having more players being able to play throughout the year and whatnot. So um, I definitely think the level is growing. Um, hopefully that continues in Canada as well. That's our hope at least. And yeah, it's a competitive, it's a competitive game. and. Um, not winning a tournament is not a good feeling, but seeing the game grow across the world is very hopeful. Michelle, I, I think that uh, Catherine makes some, some great points there. And I'd like you to, if possible, expand a little bit on what Canada has to do to get more girls and women interested in playing 3x3. What would your, what would your blueprint look like if, if it were up to you? Well, that's a great question, Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little curveball there, Michelle. Yeah, so didn't have this prepared. No. Um, no. I think it's especially difficult just coming off of the um, this past year of 
of COVID and what that entailed in, in terms of restrictions and not having um, sports, um, because I think that uh, kind of curtailed a lot of um, girls playing sport. And we've heard from, you know, a number of coaches and, and parents just how many have stopped playing um, basketball and sport in general, um, which is really sad to hear. But um, I think 3x3 is a great way to kind of get back into it because it's so fun. And I mean, it is physical and, you know, it is good <laughs> to play. But um, yeah, so I think going forward, it'll, it will be a kind of a tandem in my eyes of, you know, having the youth be able to participate, making it, you know, fun and accessible for, um, you know, young girls because, you know, because so many drop out around the age of, 13, 14, 15, um, those are really, you know, the next generation of athletes. And um, even when we come home from overseas to try and find girls to play with or play against, it's either you're playing in college or, um, or you're not playing or you played in high school and you stopped. So I think, I mean, I think 3x3 is a great way to continue playing after high school um, for a lot of girls who don't want to play um, you know, five on five post-secondary, it gives a great, you know, continuation of the game. Um, how we, how we do that, I don't, I don't have a clean cut answer, but I would say it's a, it's a combination of, you know, having a national team to aspire towards, um, or something, you know, whether a 3x3 professionally gets started, have, have that as a, as a goal to look towards, and then also, you know, have grassroots programs and, um, you know, tournaments and youth provincials and, and that kind of thing to kind of start it from the ground up. And, and yeah, keep the other part is keeping college girls um, who want to play, you know, like, after college, don't stop somehow keep them in the game so that um, they have an opportunity to maybe play for the national team or uh, play professionally in a 3x3 league if that ever comes to be. Um, so I think it's like a three-pronged approach um, in my eyes. And um, yeah, that, I think it has to be. <laughs> that's, I think that's a great blueprint, to be honest. And, I, I, and I, I think you hit on a word that I would really like to see emphasized more and more around 3x3, and that is the word fun. And I don't mean that in a trivial way. I mean it in a very real way. 3x3 I, I and this I'll, I'll give you an example in the page I've got a question for you. Uh, I went to uh, Westmount Junior High School. Uh, Rick Stanley, who we all know, if you're in Edmonton, everybody knows who Rick Stanley is. He's a stalwart fixture in the basketball community, among other things. But Rick is always enthusiastic. He's a visionary. He's someone who will try things that others are reluctant to try, and he'll just make it happen. And he started a 3x3 noon program at this junior high school. And what really struck me, and this is what I think uh, speaks to what you said, Michelle, and that was seeing six junior high girls in hijabs playing 3x3 and having a riot. And they were not basketball players. Uh, so I think it, it, it's much less threatening, if I can use that term of five on five. And I think particularly for girls in developmental stages, I think five on five can be very, very tough, but three X three takes a lot of that, uh, a lot of that uh, 
getting buried, I guess I would use that term, out of the equation where yeah, everybody has to touch the ball. Everybody has to shoot the ball. You really can't hide. But uh, at the pro level, as both you and uh, Catherine have said, it's a very physical game. But at the recreational level, it doesn't have to be. It can just be more just fun. So I'm hoping that will be an impetus for young women to stay active through high school, junior high, high school. But then you hit it on the key point there, Michelle, and that is post-secondary. You're listening to the, the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. We're talking 3x3 with Michelle and Catherine Plouffe and Paige Crozen. Paige, let's talk about the, the team in Montreal. Montreal has a 3x3 event coming up, Women's Series, uh, with national teams from around the world and also what's called a master's edition for men, uh, top men's teams from around the world. Now, I understand Michelle and Catherine aren't going to be there. So tell me about the team that's going to be in Montreal. Yeah, Paul, it'll be a different team representing Canada that we've seen in the past. Um, we'll definitely miss Michelle and Catherine very much as they're two of the best three and three players in the world. Um, but we're bringing some players that haven't had the opportunity to play three on three at the international level before. Um, so very exciting for very exciting opportunity for them. Um, so we'll have Catherine Traer who played with our team in 2019. Uh, she played with us at a few stops, including the championship in Edmonton. And then we have Rashida that played at the University of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, sorry, list there. And uh, she's out of Ottawa. And then Christina Buttingham, who played at the University of Iowa and then finished up her career at McMaster. Um, so we have a team of, of athletes that are all around, you know, the 5'11 to 6'1 range, long, uh, kind of athletic. So we'll be playing a different style of game because will be matched up more height-wise as Michelle and Catherine are, are a triple threat in terms of they can post people up with their size as well as take them off the dribble and shoot it. Um, so it'll definitely change our dynamics, but we're looking forward to, to how, how we'll look with a different roster. That is very exciting. And uh, Michelle and Catherine, as Paige pointed out, you'll certainly be missed. But to see other athletes stepping in uh, to represent Canada is also, I think, a signal that's going to be very good. Uh, Team Edmonton is going to look different uh, on the guys' side this year. Uh, Adika Peter McNeely, who just was sixth man of the year in the CEBL, will be joining the team along with the one Albertan who was in the Olympics playing for uh, the Netherlands. Ross Beckering will also be playing with Team Edmonton along with Alex Johnson and Steve Sir. So it's going to be two very different looking Canadian teams in a tough, tough tournament. Now, I, I've been involved with Montreal uh, on the Canada basketball level, and I can tell you what a, an uphill battle it is for this city to sponsor this tournament in Canada. And I'm just very excited that the women will be represented there, the men will be there, there'll be a team out of Winnipeg also there, and maybe one and a team out of Montreal as part of the men. So we're going to have great Canadian representation there. And uh, the city of Montreal, the organizing committee, have worked extremely hard in spite of COVID to put this together. So Catherine, that's what I'm going to jump back to you. I, I mean, I don't want to beat COVID to death. Well, actually, I'd love to and have it not be a factor in our lives. But given that it has been such a reality and it's affected you and your career in five on five, it's affected 3x3. How, how are you feeling? You know, we're talking two years out since the last time uh, we held an event in Edmonton. 
But uh, last year was such a strange year. You still were able to play five on five, but how has it affected you in terms of the game of basketball, how you approach the game, how you approach life with COVID being such a factor? Wow, that's a deep question, Paul, but I'm here for it. Um, yeah, it's definitely affected my career, but not only my career, a lot of people in the professional world, um, a lot of families, a lot of individuals who um, live at home by themselves. It's just been a year where, um, yeah, a lot of people have, uh, yeah, had difficult times. Um, for my career that, that went on, I'm grateful that we were able to continue a season this past year, even though it looked different. Um, we didn't have fans in the stands for basically the whole season. Um, but even then definitely saw that sports were a huge part of people's lives um, as fans and supporters. So I'm definitely, I definitely had a perspective shift of, of just the gratitude for people who come to our games and um, just respecting their all inness for supporting teams. Um, I know it can be said that sports are kind of people go into them like a religion and um, and whether that's good or bad, you can take your own approach on that, but it really affects people when they don't have it. And so um, on the sports side, um, I just saw with new eyes, just people's hearts for, um, for their, yeah, loved ones in sports. Um, but aside from that, going on from this season, it's definitely been a year of reflection on what's important um, personally and just around the world. I think we've had a moment to pause and see um, what our priorities are. And personally, it's just been reconnecting with family and making sure, you know, I'm, I'm spending time where I wanna be most spending time. Um, and as far as worldwide goes, I think, yeah, it's been a tricky balance of, hearing a lot of negative things in, in the news and in the media. And, you know, I choose not to spend my days listening to the negative news in the media. And so I perhaps have a positive outlook on the situation, maybe more so than some people who spend their time listening to all the negative. But, you know, it's hard to escape that, which I totally understand. Um, we want to be um, cautious and, and aware of what's going on. But ultimately, we want to make the best decisions we can for ourselves in this situation. So that being said, I mean, I just, I just have a heart for people who um, have been struggling in this, in this time of isolation for some people um, in whether it's their choice or not. It's just been sad to see people in um, just a depressive state uh, because they've lost hope. And so, I mean, Looking at sport, I think is a great opportunity to spread hope at this time. Um, use our our platform, if you want to call it that, and, and our voice to um, send a message of encouragement. Um, we've been blessed to see different countries and um, cities and see how life is going on there. And so when we come back to uh, some situations or cities that are not living as fruitfully as others, it's kind of sad because we see that, you know, things are progressing elsewhere and we just want that for our home and stuff like that. So all in all to say, I hope we can get over this very soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think Catherine, that's very well said. And I like the fact that you 
you, you saw and articulated what the impact, the positive impact of sport can be in people's lives. So any way sport could be continued, whether it's participation at the professional level or the amateur level, or just having sport available to be viewed by people, even if it is on TV, because they can't be in the stands, aided, I think, in people's mental health, mental well-being, and feeling connected, because I think it's a lifeline to what will, what will be uh, you know, a, a back to a new normal eventually. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I'm here today with three members of the Canada Women's National Team in 3x3, Catherine and Michelle Plouffe and Paige Crozen. Michelle, uh, building on your sister's words, uh, as you move forward now into your five-on-five professional season, uh, and I'm assuming, I'm making the assumption you're heading back overseas in the near future, how are you going to approach this season differently because of COVID? Well, actually, I'm taking the first half of the season off. So oh, you are. Okay, there we go. I made yeah. the wrong assumption. Yeah, you heard uh, it here. You heard it here first. No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I had kind of, uh, yeah, I decided that at the probably during last season. Um, yeah, just so I can um, just be home and kind of explore what what's after basketball a little bit before um before I go back because I do plan on going back over for the second half um don't know where yet but probably back to Europe um yeah but Catherine did sign so she's supposed to be going to Australia um very exciting yes very exciting news you hear to hear first um uh we'll see you know it's been pushed back based on the situation in Australia um so that's going to be around October. And then I'm planning hopefully to go around November, perhaps after Christmas, depending on, um, yeah, who gets injured and who I can replace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my, not approach- that you want anyone to get injured, but <laughs> no, it's just inevitable as I've seen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've been around the block too many times. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> So, so what's your approach going to be? Obviously, you're thinking about life after basketball. That's a yeah. big step. But as far as basketball in and of itself, uh, just continue to get ready. Uh, will you be doing camps, clinics, work in your community? Like, what, what's your approach going to be? Yeah, well, well, we are doing our camp this weekend, our Plouffe Hoops camp. Like, we, um, we have an annual camp. We didn't get to do it last summer, unfortunately, but we really look forward to it every year um, for high school girls. And We've heard it was going to be especially hard because so many girls have, you know, stopped playing sports. Um, but we got enough to run the high school girls, junior high girls. Um, we really saw that um, fall off. So hopefully next summer we can do that. Um, and yeah, maybe I'll do some more. I, I, I do have a heart for, you know, young girls in sport just because I've walked that road and I see what a um, asset it is to be in team sports. Uh, for girls and you know it's a hard time for a young girl you know going through um, just the changing of the body and um, hormones and all that stuff so it's it's always an awkward time being a junior high girl and I think sports really help with that and you know give girls confidence and also you know just give them um, just kind of a community and um, direction and um, you know they don't always come have the same background as I do, don't always have the same support system as I'm blessed to have. So um, to offer basketball and 
um, kind of like a mentorship role to young girls is kind of uh, what I have a heart for. So uh, perhaps I can do more of that while I'm home. And, um, and then going into a half season um, will be, I think it'll be challenging in a new way because I've never done a half season before where you just jump onto the team <laughs> halfway yes. through your season. <laughs> yes. So um, that will be um, challenging in its own way, just kind of to navigate um, the team dynamics halfway through. Um, obviously replacing a player that they've known and probably I'm assuming have liked. So I will be the replacement of that person. Yes. Um, but yeah, I will just try to stay in the best shape possible, be ready to go. Um, you know, when I get the call uh, from my agent and I mean, hopefully we'll have a couple three X three tournaments um, before I leave. Um, I did hear there's a, there's a supposed to be a final in Bucharest for the women's series. I've heard, you know, that there's an AmeriCup tournament happening. So I'm not sure if we'll be able to go to these things, but definitely want to be prepared um, to go because it sounds like a lot of fun. AmeriCup in November in Miami. That is a go, uh, unless COVID, of course, rears its ugly head once again. Yeah. Uh, and then let's hope, fingers crossed that in Bucharest, we do have that uh, culminating championship for women. Uh, Paige, I'm, I'm, I've got two questions for you. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to answer question number one. You were an assistant coach with the Saskatchewan Rattlers uh, during this shortened, but uh, I think intense is a good word, CEBL season. And the Rattlers didn't have a good season on the wins and loss column. But what was the experience like for you as a woman coaching in a men's program at the professional level? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. Um, overall, I had it was a season of growth for me. Um, I was relatively new to the coaching realm in general, but completely new to the men's professional coaching realm. Um, but what I was most impressed with was just the quality of athletes that we had in terms of character. Everyone was so respectful and kind and willing to help me learn. You know, we have some some ten year pros. Uh, in the professional game. So, you know, even little comments on the sideline or like, did you notice his footwork there? This is what I would have done. That really helped my growth as a coach. Um, but just to be in that professional realm and learn kind of just the ebbs and flows of a professional season was a great opportunity uh, for me. And was like I'd mentioned before, very well received for the athlete, from the athletes, despite being uh, probably a relatively new female in that league. Um, so it was an interesting experience and a, a season of growth for me. And as everyone that's been on a team that knows, um, you learn more sometimes from being in a losing environment than you are being in a winning environment because it tests your character day in and day out. Um, so that was trying, but a good experience um, and a good way to learn for me. Excellent, Paige. And then the last question I have for you regarding 3x3 is uh, you've expressed interest in 3x3 in the longer vision. What, what do you think, if you could tell, if you could talk to a, a classroom of junior high girls, and, and both Michelle and Catherine did a great job of addressing this, but if you could walk in and say, why should you go out on the court and play 3x3? In spite of COVID, in spite of the awkward stage of life that you're in, and I mean, obviously that's not the verbiage you talk to young girls with, but you, but what would you say to uh, a, an eighth grader of why she should go play 3x3? 
So if I was talking to a room full of athletes, a room full of basketball players, I would talk about more of like the technical side. Um, it forces you to learn how to defend a player one-on-one. -on -one. You have to learn how to create shots for yourself and take players off the dribble, as well as the leadership that is required because as we all know, there's no coach in three-on-three. -three. So it requires the team to step together to you know, talk about what plays we're running without the direction of a coach. Um, if I'm talking to a room full of um, students that haven't played before, and this is relevant to my job with the Living Skies Indigenous Basketball League. Sometimes there's girls that never had access to organized sport or organized basketball. So like we had mentioned before, three on three is a great opportunity to learn how to play. You are taking shots, like you'd mentioned, Paul, no one is being buried on the court. Um, and it's fun, you know, like you are, it's all offense. You can pick it up quickly. The games are 10 minutes in length. Um, and you just have to find five of your friends. Sometimes in the communities that we're working with, there's not 12 girls to make a, a five on five roster. But if we can find six girls that want to play basketball, they can practice, play against each other, develop their skills and and have fun in a short window of time. Well said, and, and I think the hits at the essence, it doesn't take a lot of a, a lot of people. You can get a group of friends, you can go play. And on the technical side, on the basketball learning side, I think there's so much room. I mean, everybody that's played, and you ladies know this very, very well, everybody that's played basketball at any level, 3x, three on three is a, is a big part of, of practice, of learning the game. So to have it evolve into the sport and for you all to be really uh, trailblazers in the sport for women in Canada, but also for the sport globally, it's a tribute to all of you, your skill level, but more you as people willing to be adventurous, go outside of your comfort zone and go out there and put yourself on the line the way you have and you've done it so very well. Catherine, Michelle, Paige, it has been a pleasure, absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thanks for making the time. Uh, Paige, best of luck in Montreal. Catherine and Michelle, we look forward to seeing you back on the court for 3x3 in the near future. All of you take care, stay safe. And again, thank you all for being here today. Thanks, Paul, for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. And yeah, I would not want to do it with anyone else. So thanks to Michelle and Catherine for, for being my forever teammates. Oh, friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Plouffe, Catherine Plouffe, Paige Crozen, joining me, your host, Paul Sir, on the Basketball Show Podcast Edition 3x3. I want to thank Michelle, Catherine, and Paige for joining me. And of course, on the men's side, I want to thank Steve, Alex, and Adika for joining me as well. Be real interesting to see how our Canadian teams compete this weekend because they both step on the court with very, very different rosters competing against some extremely good and experienced teams. But I will put my money on the Canadians. These kids can play, and I think it's going to be exciting. And please, as I mentioned in my opening remarks, Make the time to go on the FIBA 3x3 YouTube channel and watch the action this coming weekend. You can always catch our Basketball Show Network podcast on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to. As well, you can go to our website, www.thebasketballshow.ca, and listen to any of our current shows and any of our past shows as well. Thanks so much for joining me today. We have some other great podcasts coming up. I hope you'll be with us again. In the meanwhile, stay safe. Have a great week on and off the court. 
This is Paul Sir from the Basketball Show Podcast Network.